Yeah, it's been a really good shift, actually. That's good. I mean, and but you've been doing a lot of work because according to your uh, IMB, IMDb, you are working. You've been working really hard. <laughs> yes, it's it's been it's been great. So I'm, I'm bringing it up myself because I, I think um, after uh, Black what's what's after Blackwater Abyss? I can't I can't think what was what was the next one after that. But I don't um, I don't know. I don't have it up right now. <laughs> oh, that's all right. But yeah, look, I I, uh, I ended up doing um, uh, not the end of last year, the year before. Which came out last year, but I ended up doing Blacklight with Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson film there, and uh, that was, I think, that was sort of, yeah, that was about halfway through the pandemic, and, and of course we had that sort of first year and just everything shut and there was nothing going on, and I think that was the first, <clears throat> the first sort of gig that I had back, and that was great playing a, a crazy sort of big bearded uh, leader of a militia gang it was it was it was actually very similar to the Ozark caravan park on the lake and um, and it was actually the creator of uh, Ozark that was directing it his name escapes me just at the moment uh, and we just had this this great scene we got you know we had a sawn off shotgun we're blowing things up and it was great I was doing all those fun blokey things that I love to <laughs> that you love to do uh, being crazy and that, so that was that was a good uh, good way to sort of get back into it. And then after that, I uh, did a, a role series regular on a limited series called Fires, which was an ABC and NBC co-production, and that was based on those uh, massive fires that we had um, down the coast of Australia a couple of years back. So that was really great to be a part of. It was a great production and. You know, obviously, pretty serious sort of content, and and being so soon after, it was it had to be really handled delicately and well, which I thought that it was. And from that, I uh, and I got from from that too. I was able to uh, get trained up as a, uh, a fire firefighter. So we went down and had all the firefighting training, and that we got to get on the big hoses and get in the trucks and. Uh, so that was another fun experience. That's cool, uh, though. That's a great oh, learning experience. Oh, it was so good. And, you know, we, you know, just just, just get here. I mean, you know, it's like every kid's every kid's uh, Christmas, jumping in the fire trucks and, you know, getting on those the hoses. God, those hoses can really, they can really push you back when, you know, when you're, um, when you crank them up full. And, and just, just the things that you learn, like, you know, in a, in a fire truck, you know that you're out when they're out fighting a, a blaze and they're not hooked up to, to mains like they're out in, in, in the bush I would have assumed that they you know stupidly assumed that they had you know like an hour's worth of water they go out and you know they've got an hour's water on there to spray things around it's literally if they're, if they're at full bore it's um it's well under 10 minutes that they can they can run for um, and then they've got to get out of there and then fill up and then come back. So it, 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 that was quite a shock to me, you know, how you learn some of those things when, you, when you're on a job. Um, and the fact that they actually have to crank things, they can quite effectively, they crank the water back down so that you're not actually putting so much water on because you don't need it at full blast to be sort of doing the same job. And we learn how they shield, using the water to shield um, from the heat if, if the fire gets in close and, um, you know, it was just a whole bunch of stuff that you know some people may not find interesting, but I was quite fascinated by it. Um, I think it's, it's um, very interesting. Um, do you, you guys you guys have the 
helicopters that drop water, don't you? I mean, we have that here in California. Yes, we do. Yep, and I think we actually um, there's there's definitely we um, you know lend and borrow things back and forth uh, with America as well too. Oh yeah, uh, we have a really good fire. Well, we have to have a really good fire brigade in California because we have a lot of fires here. So yes. yeah, they used to, they. I know yeah. they went there. I I because I saw them on the news going. <laughs> yes, there's one. I think there's one called Elvis. Um, one of the one of the big uh, one of the big uh, choppers called Elvis, and um, I think we always we always get that one over. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway, but yeah, did that, and then um, uh, after that, I uh, actually booked, which was, and it was literally on the same day, it was one of those days I was, <clears throat> I think I was having it, you know, doing some sort of, you know, uh, handyman work. I think I was cleaning out a skip bin and um, just, you know, working away. It was cold and miserable, and <laughs> one of those days where I didn't want to be where I was. And literally got a call from my agent, and she said, um, "You uh, you just booked a booked a film called uh, Wob Boy. Um, it's it's the uh, third installment of that film, which is quite a, 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 a Australian franchise film. It's it's very well known here. The first one was very very successful. Um, playing playing the bad guy, the main bad guy in that. And then an hour later, she rang me up and said." And you just got uh, Joe Exotic. You just got Joe versus Carol. So in the same day, uh, I booked to booked a you know a large role in a film, and you know, and three months on a on a uh, on a television series, an American television series. So I, I, <laughs> I rang up the guy that I was working with, and I said, "Sorry, I know we've just got busy, but I think I'm going to be off for about uh, five or six months." So. Um, and, that, and then and he said, when's that starting? And I said, starting next week. So, <laughs> so I finished up. I think it was pretty much that day that I finished up and then I had to sort of get into rehearsals and 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 do that. And it was it was just a great, great run working for, you know, having a like a six-month run where you are just working solidly at, um, on the projects. And uh, it's just great. Because I, I, I love being on set and I love, I just love everything about it. Uh, I love being away on you know location and and working and um, the lifestyle, the the carny lifestyle of, of, of you know travelling and working. So uh, yeah, so I worked on on the Wog Boys, which comes out this year in September. Mm-hmm. I believe and they're doing a cinema release of that, <clears throat> and uh, and I'm quite. A, it's it's probably as well. It's probably as well dressed as I as I've been. Um, I play a nightclub owner. In, in that film, and uh, yeah, like the, the very uh, the guy that's very very wealthy, but you know, I, I think I had, um, God, I think it was, I think I had one of my jacket tops it was a Gucci. It was like a thirty thousand dollar jacket top, and I remember they kept saying, you know, if we go to lunch, they'd be like, quick, take your jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, don't um, get it dirty. <laughs> don't get it dirty. <laughs> you know, and I had some you know stupid amount of money in a watch on my on my arm and. And uh, but yeah, that, that's probably as neat as you see me because I, I I grew my hair out, which which I sort of did. It was around the time of the Blackwater Abyss, and uh, it was one of those things. I'd always kept my hair sort of short and always kept fairly neat, just to because I thought, you know, look, you can get more rolls. I can sort of 
you know, I can work that and I can do that. And if I, if I get, you know, the long hair or change and look too much, it's probably, you know, it's going to put me out from getting too many rolls. And it wasn't to the point that that Blackwater abuse that I sort of went, ah, oh, you know what, I feel like growing my hair long and, you know, have a bit more of a growth or a beard. And uh, it's been bizarre. It's, it's, it's so many of the rolls that I test for and, um, and I've got a whole bunch of other stuff coming up at the moment too. And it's, I've sort of fallen into getting character roles and, and having, having the long hair and the beard and being able to cut it into different ways and different shapes and everything on the face, you know, from, you know, mustache, side, big sideburns, big, you know, big long beard, um, or, or all that sort of stuff and the hair up, the hair down, the hair crazy and out, slicked back. And it's, it's actually given me the ability to be a little bit more of a chameleon in the look and, and what I do. And I think it's actually, um, you know, I think it's helped a bit. I'm not, it's not just another, you know, middle-aged white male. Um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it sort of allows me to, to sort of fall uh, into characters more um, uh, of that. So uh, that, that's been something. And then uh, I auditioned for the role for, for Joe versus Carol, which um, I'm sure most people probably know over there. It was the, based on the Tiger King. And I played the role of Eric Cowley, who mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away while we were filming, which is which is very sad. Oh. And yeah, it it it's it, it, you know, poor bug. I did a lot of research on him, and, and you know, he I, I really sort of had a, a lot of empathy for him. I was, I was hoping to sort of meet up with him after after finishing, and um, unfortunately, yeah, he passed away uh, up in the northern states they found him in a hotel room and they think that it was a you know uh, overdose alcohol sort of induced overdose and uh yeah it's very sad but um and then it was it was weird too well so i've stepped back from that so so i auditioned originally for the role of uh, john renke for that show mm-hmm. and um did a few callbacks with with that one and it's, it's, it's always so funny because you are you're here in australia and especially, like I said, during the, the pandemic, you're sort of locked away. The world feels very, very distant and everything now that we do is sort of self-tapes. So, you know, you, I've got a little studio at the back and, you know, switch the lights on, switch the camera on, put your test down, send it off into the ether, you know, it just disappears. And, and you know, quite often you sort of, you, you know, you do these auditions and send them off into the ether and then, you, you know, <laughs> you're not expecting to hear back from, from them, you, you know, it can get like that. And, yeah, and then you know when I got a call back for that which was one of the you know larger roles in the film and um, Aton Frankel is the is the creative director there and uh, sent through a message and he just said ended up saying look really love the role but um, just just too young for that character um, there's another character Eric Cowley um, and we'd love you to uh, test for that so I thought you know what let me go all out in this one they've seen what I can do I'm not going to look like it because sometimes when you audition, you don't want to. If you go too all out in an audition, you know, then they don't know who you are. They can go, "God, this guy's a bit crazy," <laughs> because I'd already done a test and established that you know I knew what I was doing. So I ended up shooting. I ended up went out and bought full kit of all of all his work gear and everything, and I shot it. We shot it outside like a like a handheld a bit because we found on the on the zoo site that they they used to shoot a lot of clips out and about, <clears throat> and. Um, so I found one of uh, Eric, Eric Cowie, and he's chewing at this guy who kept putting hose leads through, and the, the tigers kept biting them off um, rather than you know filling up the water buckets from outside the 
outside the cages and, and it was a funny, funny little piece and, and Aton sent a message and he said, look, can you, know, can you do something where you just add, you know, add the scene? And uh, so, I, so I did this whole scene and, you know, I got, I got a big blonde wig and, um, yeah, and I was, working on, I was working on fires at the time and I went into the makeup department <clears throat> at lunch and I said, can you cut this wig? I said, I need it to look like this. They had a cheap ass wig. And, uh, and they, they trimmed it all up for me and, and so I had that on and, and, and I did this audition and, then, and that's when I got the call back like a week later saying, you know, you've got the role and, and it was great because it, it was, you know, it was a big, you know, getting into a bigger production and um, something that was, you know, a legitimate large scale American production and, you know, being in there with the cast and getting to work with so many great actors. Uh, Brian Van Holt was the guy that ended up playing uh, John Linky and we became very good friends through that and but working with with a lot of them you know Dean Winters was on there uh, as well uh, Bill Fickner uh, Kate McKinnon um, there was there was uh, you know so many um, so many fantastic uh, actors in there that you know that I just sort of got to you know to work with and um, and do it John Cameron Mitchell was the was the guy that played uh, Joe Exotic uh, Colin McLaughlin yeah so it's like I mean, you know, these just fantastic. A lot of, you know, these people I've admired for years. So to sort of be on set with them and get to work with them and um, sort of learn from them was just, a, it was a great experience to, to do that. We're up there for, uh, I think it was up in Queensland. It was shot up in Brisbane for about three months. When you're, and, when you're bouncing from character to character, do you, uh, uh, is it, like you're doing a TV series, and before that you were doing a movie, and then before that you were doing something else. Do you do you have like a little crib sheet to be prepared? Because <laughs> I mean, how do you how do you bounce back and forth like that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I guess it. I mean, it's, it's living. I mean, it's living truthfully within a set of circumstances for any character that you do, and you know, I'll try to always. Uh, one of my good friends, Nick Farnell, that um, he's a, a well-known Australian actor, and I've worked. You know, we've worked together, and he's also been a bit of a mentor with some of the acting things that I've done, and, and taught me different methods as well, helped me expand on different methods. And it is, he always says, it's living truthfully within any set of given circumstances, and you, you it's about specificity and personalization, and you know, having a character and. Um, I don't do as much work now on, you know, what's my history and what's, you know, I'll, I'll work those things out and I'll spend time with them. But, you know, we all have uh, something similar, you know, that you that might be totally different, but it's still something you hate, it's still something you love, it's still something that makes you angry, makes you makes you happy, whatever it is. And, and it's more um, getting some physicalities. I work from, uh, I, I, I love the costume and the look and, and the physicality and appearance and then movement. Um, helps me, uh, you know, get into a character. And if the option is, you know, that it is a bit more of a character that you're playing, I will do things physically. You know, if it's a if it's a tougher character, I change the way of, you know, your stance and the way you walk and, and how you do things, and then sort of build it from there. But once you sort of have that, uh, once I have that in me, sort of, you know, you, I mean, it's hard to say, do you get it in the body? Um, I don't know really how else to explain that. It's kind of there. You can drop it and you can pick it back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Cowley was a character that was he was a real person so I had this sense of responsibility because I've never played 
an actual character before a real life character uh, and especially someone that, who was you know people have been seeing him you know right up to the point the story was like a year old they knew you know exactly who he was what he does so you, you know that you will get compared directly to how you know to how they are and 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 Aton, um was very much he said you know look we're not we're not trying to to do you know caricatures of these people we're not trying to to do them you know you get your own character and we're doing it you know that's how we want to do it but I do like I did like the challenge of sort of saying how much you know how much can I sort of embody this particular this particular guy and and you know do him justice and then you know and still have fun with the role and and, and do all of these things and you know potentially accentuate some of the things that he did and, and bring my own sense of me to that character but for, for Eric Cowie you know he, he had a, a, a funny way of walking he had a bit of a, a, a stooped um, it was I think he's probably got had scoliosis um, and, and again this is just a guess because I couldn't actually find this information out and I don't mean any you know disrespect if he, if he didn't have uh, any of those conditions but he did sort of have the appearance of a bit of a hump on, on his back and you know he was quite very long his arms were very long and and lean and and you know he's, he's you know taller than I am much skinnier than I am so I immediately as soon as I got the role I had uh, I had six six weeks or five five weeks I think to before I started um, and I lost I lost seven kilos um, I'm not sure if you guys know what that is in, uh, what is that in? it's pounds um, it's Seven kilograms to pounds. I'm going to type this in now. Uh, Fifteen pounds uh-huh. um, in, in in that time to try and thin down as much as I could, and and sort of lengthen my body and and uh, you make it look make myself look as long as I, I could. And it was just all that physicality of getting in. And then he had his, his voice, you know, because he, he was sort of like, you know, man, you know, I, you know really <laughs> fucking down here, dude, you know. And I can't I can't get straight, straight in, but it's like um. Um, and there was one line. Am I allowed to swear on this show, or, or no? Is this a non? Well, swearing. Try not to do the the f bomb, but otherwise, sure. No, okay. Well, I, that was there was there was one key phrase, um, and he's, he, he's I won't say, but the, the, he's doing an interview, and everyone's on the on Tiger King, and they were doing an interview, and they were saying, you know, um, Doc Antle was one of the other characters that had a zoo, and he's got all these harem of women, and and they were asking all the people. And um, and they're saying, how many wives does Doc Antle have? And one says, I think it's two. And then they'll say, I think it's three. I, I, no, it's it's four, but he's got a mistress. And then they ask Derek Coward, he goes, man, I don't give an F. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't F and care. And, and it was the way he said this line. So that, for me, was, was, a, was a way into that voice. Um, so I just, you know, I just, uh, every time I'd be like, man, I don't F and care. <laughs> and... But if he had his, his his accent was it was just it was different it was much it was much lower than I even though my voice is probably sitting a bit lower today or probably higher once once I get into the day so it was it was really there was a couple of real big changes in there so it was it was very challenging and and I with that particular character I with with him having the first time that I've actually played someone I really wanted to to embody him as much as I could like I said so I <laughs> and. and with my old career, I used to run a web development company and I used to have guys working for me overseas and I'd outsource a lot of stuff over to the Philippines and different parts around the world. I had people working for me 
So I ended up bringing um, a couple of the old guys that worked for me, and I said, I've got another job for you. And they said, what is it? I said, all right, scour the YouTube and find me everything you can on Eric Cowie. Um, he, here's a couple of points to start, and I want it all on a timeline. Um, so they got into that, did that, and then they gave me back, like, I had three or four hours of footage, uh, because it's quite hard. You stand there, you're trying to look for different clips, and you spend hours and hours, and I just didn't have that time. And then they did that, and then I, once I had the, the footage, I got back on there and got one of my other uh, contacts, and I said, all right, I've got a job for you. And they said, what is it? And I said, I want you to transcribe this four hours <clears throat> with time codes every couple of minutes. And... And so they transcribed it all that in, in the document. And then I went through the script when I was working. And any word that I wanted to hear him say, I'd go to my um, the PDF transcribe and I'd search for that word. And then it'd have a time code next to it. And then I'd be able to go onto the timeline and play him saying that word so that I could hear <laughs> that word exactly. And I remember everyone, all the all the, the other American actors and A's on there, they were just like, I cannot believe I've never, ever heard of someone doing this. And it's brilliant. And I just can't believe that you've done it. And I ended up putting Brian Van Holt. Um, I, I did the same thing for him. I said, oh, look, I'll, I'll get my guys to do it for you as well. And that's sort of how we started our, our connection and everything. But um, oh, it, cool. it was great. It actually worked really well. So if anyone's ever doing a role and you've got, you're studying someone or something like that, you, 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 know, you can even jump on Upwork or Fiverr.com and get someone to hunt out, find all that stuff for you, get someone else to transcribe it. And there you are. You've got... Um, You've got a, a catalogue of, of words that you can easily find. So, uh, yeah, so by the time I got onto set, I felt, you know, very confident and comfortable in the character and, you know, and, and, and look, the role of, of Eric in the actual, um, I mean, uh, five of the eight episodes, but it's just a role that, you know, he's just, I don't like to say small roles because there's no small roles. There's not a lot of screen time and we actually, um, some of the stuff we shot, for story reasons, didn't end up. They didn't go down that road because sometimes they'll shoot options and stuff like that. So, but it was it, it it was a great experience to be a part of, and it was a fantastic crew and and the creatives and the actors in it. It was really really positive and great experience for me. I just uh, really had a fantastic time. Where did you shoot it? We sh- shot it up in in Brisbane, and and it was it was a it was out of the farm, and <laughs> they literally redid like they pulled down they, they had some some sheds and everything like that and then they totally built the rest of the zoo all around that and we, you know we had the gift shop and his house and everything like that. so because i obviously got right into the tiger king series when i knew that i had this role and watched it and just learned everything about it and and then you go in and you know like joe's house and the gift shop and you're so familiar with seeing them and then you walk onto set and you step into it and it's just like oh my god you know, it, it, it's it's a weird, weird experience. And they yeah, literally kitted it out. And, and the way this was shot, because the actual storyline, there's there's you know there's there's two two parties and there's two locations, and and really never the two shall meet. It's almost between that. Like Joe and, and Carol only met once in court, I think. And so we literally, it was literally like shooting two television shows. They built this set. Um, out in the outer suburbs of Brisbane, we shot everything at the GW Zoo, and then they ripped everything out, and then they rebuilt that exactly the same spot as the sanctuary, um, Carol Sanctuary, and and then reshot episodes, all the episodes again, 
that were the part of the, you know, the, at, at there. So it's sort of, normally when you're working through episodic stuff, you'll shoot everything in episode one, you go around, you do all the locations, but this one they went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight at GW Zoo, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight at uh, Carol Sanctuary. So it was, it was a very, very different way to shoot and a lot of jumping around like we, you know, just totally different episodes on the same day, different directors coming in sometimes on the same day. And, it, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy situation. Yeah. And, um, yeah, great. So what if the directors went to the wrong place? <laughs> Well, well, I mean, look, you know, they 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 were uh, <laughs> they were they were pretty much uh, you know they did they get guided around, but it was two directors. Uh, Justin Tipping was the American director, and Natalie Bailey was the Australian director uh, for for that. And I think uh, Justin did five episodes, and Natalie did three episodes. And um, it was great. You know, they both had very different styles, the way they would direct and how they would work things, and. Um, it was it was just great working with them, but also when you're away, it, it was a bit weird. And because it was, you know, it was still like Queensland was a, Queensland was actually at that point everywhere else was super locked down. But you know, Australia obviously at that point we were saying we'll stay at zero, which in hindsight's a bit of a, a ridiculous goal. Um, <laughs> looking back, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but uh, it did allow. What happened was it allowed production companies to say, oh, we can come in there and we can shoot, but everyone had to sort of quarantine coming in and doing all that crazy sort of crazy amount of quarantine and strictness. But when you once you were in Queensland there was there was no cases of COVID. So you were kind of we'd been in lockdown for here for so long and then we went to Brisbane and Queensland and we're just like you go out, <clears throat> you go to pubs, you could you know, you could do all the normal stuff and bars and clubs and um and, and it was it was such a great thing, but we're all sort of in there together. So you really everyone's away from home, and none of our families were allowed to come uh, along. Like none even the creatives, no one. It was just literally only the people working on it. That was so strict, the Australian government. So we sort of bonded more because <laughs> everyone's missing their families and and that sort of thing. But it it, uh, it was crazy. So and and you know all the crew coming from America and everywhere else you know, doing the two weeks of uh, lockdown in the in the Sydney hotels and all of them going sort of crazy because it is, you're like a caged caged animal. So I, w- I would say to them, say, well, think how the tigers feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're not, they're, they're caged all the time. You guys can get out. <laughs> that's that's right. So, but yeah, really great experience and, and uh, you know, now that's, that's, you know, it's in the can and it's out, it's been, been done and it's a very quick turnaround. Um, to get that one out, and and then and then you, you know, start focusing on you know on the next things, and it's you know I've got uh, another three projects already booked. Wow! And hoping for a fourth. I should you no, know, I should put that out there because that's the positive. That's the positive thinking. So you're putting it out it, into the right? universe, Anthony. I'll tell you, just putting yes. it out into yes. the universe. Not like it's not like saying I'm not going to get a cold. Is it? It's different. It's a different. You, you put the positive energy on. So if I put that out, and a lot of people uh, listen to this, then you know they can say, "Did you get that fourth? And I say, "Well, hopefully, yes." So <laughs> yeah, I've been. I've changed. It, it, it's been a. There has been definitely a shift. With you know, you spend years with the casting directors you know when you when you start out and you you know you're trying to get seen and, and with a casting director I mean they've got a 
they're trying to find the best people that they can get put forward because that's their job and reputation on the line and it's it's sometimes very hard earlier on to get pitched for getting to even get seen for decent roles and I think with the advent of the self-tasting space <coughs> for anyone listening we used to go into the room and then we started doing self-taping because obviously the, the you know broadband speeds and cable allowed us to do that and and then with the the COVID um, the situation then and not being up in the room that sort of really just stepped that up to the max so what's that that has been one aspect of it where it's allowed uh, the casting agents the casting directors I should say I shouldn't say casting agents the casting directors to to view a lot more uh, people you know because where someone coming in the room saying hi doing the test getting out it's that sort of 15 minutes pop <clears throat> whereas they can view you know uh, electronic submissions you know you can look at that for 30 seconds and, and immediately no no that's not the person so you move on and so they're able to see more people but still that the point for for the actor is that you you still need to build a relationship with casting directors by getting runs on the board and, and doing good work when you're taping and also having you know you know having hits with actually getting the roles or getting callbacks and all that sort of stuff so I spent sort of years really just not being able to sort of get in the room and uh, over probably over the last especially over the last year it's sort of changed to not only being able to you know to get the great tests and everything for it but having the casting directors you know sort of get behind you and really start to push you to the production companies and I think that's been a big shift and uh, I'm sort of getting getting a lot of roles now or getting put forward for a lot of roles that, that are real character roles they're just very off the wall you know from one thing to another criminals to crazy people to you know to whatever whatever all, all sorts of stuff and, and I love it because it, it's uh, you know if I could do I would much prefer to do a, you know a real I mean, all, all roles are characters, obviously, but when I say that, as opposed to, you know, like a someone who the description is, he's a dad, he works as a chemist. Um, you know, there's nothing really different about him. This is what he does, as opposed to, you know, this this guy's, you know, been living in the wild for, for six years and now he's, he's out and he's got to, you know, work in a city environment and he doesn't know anything and he's, you know, got a big beard and he's this and that and the other. You know, I, I, that sort of resonates with me more all of these crazy characters so it, it, there's been a big shift for that and it's look it's been working really well and, and I, I go over the top with all my self tapes now I because I I think I've said to you I, I do a bit of directing and you know I love to shoot and you know and so for me if I you know doing a self test if I'm going to do a self test I'll you know if it's a if it's a scene where it's a uh, you know the, the audition script is in a a, uh, like a police station getting interviewed I'll, I'll light it from above with a big soft light and I'll you know have the big circles under the eyes and you know and, and, and totally I never I never just do an evenly lit thing up against the wall and, and I remember having different casting agents say you know just we don't care as long as we can see you and I'm like no screw that I'm, I'm going to shoot this like I'm going to shoot this like it's an actual little scene um, you know from the film obviously the camera can't move but I, I move in and out from you know like wide to mid shots to close ups all within the scene and, and you know and the results right and I've sort of really chucked out the I've chucked out a lot of what they call the big print you know the description of what's happening in the scene now and I just I just do what I think is fun and I'll create a character 
have a whole lot of fun with it. I light the hell out of it. I do all these, you know, <laughs> it, looks, it looks pretty good. I shoot it on a, on a big uh, cinema film, uh, cinema film camera that I've got. And, uh, you know, and, and it's been working really well to, you know, obviously you've still got to do a good good job for the um, for the actual role, but I try to take out any any imagination if I can and just put it all into the tape. That's been my approach. Next thing you're going to be directing. Yay! <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm starting to do sort of smaller things like that, smaller projects, and, and you know, which is really fun. And it is. I, I see it, you know, and I, I work with, uh, other actors now helping them out with auditions too and, and thinking about different ways about how to do it and that is in a sense because it is that opportunity to work with someone on a scene and you know give them some possibilities about how to do you know to do things you know I had one uh, friend that was was doing testing for something a while back and you know the scene started he's standing in the, in the middle of the in the shot and it, you know it says he's on the beach and he's you know he's 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 upset and and then and then this girl comes up and has them. They have this sort of argument, and so he started in the middle of the scene, you know, and did that. And I said, "Why don't we?" Look, I always let them do what they want. And I said, "Why don't? Okay, let's try something different. Instead of being there, why don't you come right up close to the camera? Because I imagine this. It's outside. It's night. It's on the beach. They're probably. And if he's really worried, they're probably going to start the camera. If if they were filming this scene, they're going to be close up. And I said, "So let's get you right up close." in the front corner of the camera and let's have that moment with you and then when the girl calls out that you actually turn away from the camera you walk back to the middle of the scene and then you, you come back and then we're talking there and you know it, it's all of those things that you do that changes you know because everyone comes into an audition scene and they're in a mid shot they stand in the middle of the camera and they deliver their lines and, and it's the same the same the same the same so it's it's like finding different things and trying to think about that as what would actually be happening how would they be shooting this scene and even though we've got a still camera that's just sitting there and it can't move, we can move around in the space and try and recreate what that might have been. And it, it is amazing how much difference that makes and the intensity on of a scene and, and all of those things with movement and with you know how you how you work the camera and work the space within that. And I, I find that really intriguing and, and I love it. I have a question. You you were talk, we were talking about how. You know, everything shut down for like a year. How did you get yourself back into, well, acting shape, not shape, but acting shape? If you, if, you know, a whole year is a long time. Did you, oh, did you take classes or what did you do? Not so much. Look, I, um, I, I did probably, and I'm just trying to think when this, when this was, but it was, it was, see, that was still probably a good at the start of the pandemic anyway. I did an online audition course actually. It was um, a guy called Greg Apps and he runs um, Self Taping School. And he was a big casting director here in Australia and he, he still does some things now, but he's more focused on, you know, teaching. And he, I found his stuff quite a bit of a breakthrough because he shows you know how it's because auditioning is very different than acting, and he you know really shows you some of the fundamentals of just different things you wouldn't have done, and then also um, a lot about character work in a way that I'd never looked at it before, and so that was good. That was something that I did, and I came back and, and did the second course that he had, creating compelling characters, and that was one thing I did with that and I learnt a lot from from those courses and though yet again they were just online but I look I think once you once you know what you're doing I don't think it sort of leaves you you can have you know extended breaks 
but we also even during the the, the pandemic we, we we ended up uh, had an idea because a friend of mine was talking about do you remember those you used to do in school and you'd, you'd write a story and you'd write a couple of lines mm-hmm. and, and you'd say and you know this this, this happened Pass and, it on. Around, and then he saw a dot 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 and then the next person would get that and they go mm-hmm. a uh, line and da 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 the line came down chased him out and then only to only to reveal that and then the next person does it and it's that sort of those chain stories did mm-hmm. you ever do that at school oh yeah we, we called yeah. it pass it on pass it on right okay <laughs> so I said what about if we do the story everyone's locked down no one can do anything what if we we came up with an idea I'm going to shoot the first episode of the, and it's it's got to be two to four minutes and at the end of the episode I am going to leave an open hanging sort of something and then the next person has to pick that up we've got an overarching theme and then they have to to do that and then the next person picks that up and so on and they tag someone and then they they basically do it and and it goes on so we came up with an idea just to do this sort of um artificial intelligence is is i think the theme was is taking over what if artificial intelligence kicked in and and started taking over um what would that you know what would that look like so my one was just literally driving home in the car and then i start getting these weird text messages and i sort of text back and then this text started to do this weird stuff i'm like what's going on and, and um thinking it's my wife and i call her and i said what are you you know what's going on and she says what well, i'm not doing anything so i'm getting these text messages from you it's really random but quite angry stuff and she goes i don't know and and then i'm like oh, i'll be home soon and then i, I get home go to bed and then all of a sudden that night all these phones and the smart TV starting to go off and they're all flashing red and I think it was like um, I can't remember exactly what it was but it says you know you've got limited time um, God I can't even think now because all this bad stuff's going to happen and then, and then it was on to the next person and I'm like what? And then it's on to the next person and then I tag someone and then they did it. Anyway this sort of chain movie idea we posted it up with a bit of instruction about what to do and, and ended up going like from Australia, went around Australia, went over to America, it went to, um, over to, to France, there was a couple of people over there that did it and everyone continued this story on and, and by luck it ended up getting crazy and there's you know, drones flying around trying to, um, um, you know, shoot things down and it, like, and, it was it was it was so much fun and and you know look and and, and it's cheap cheaply done and you know and, and got people that you know that weren't actors so much it ended up being I thought it'd be more of an acting thing but I think a lot of the actors were a little bit too um, oh I don't want to get involved if it's not comedy I don't want to look silly and you know doing something and but what ended up being was a whole bunch of filmmakers that that normally made films but didn't get in front of the the camera were like yeah I'll do it and um, and they just jumped in. And uh, it, it was called, um, oh God, what was it called? Something Chaos, right? Perfect Chaos, that's right. <clears throat> and look, it, you have a look, and it, it's kind of silly and, and, and you know, it, it's super, super, super low budget thing, but it was really good fun, and it really brought together a community of people at that time that weren't getting to do anything, and they were just kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs and just relished the opportunity just to go out for the love of shooting something. And, and you literally, that was the other thing, you had... Um, it's either 24 hours or 48 hours. You had to get 24 hours to shoot and 24 hours to edit. So you had to be done in 48 hours. And, and, and uh, you know, and, and, and people, and I, I got um, Filmstro, which was an online music service. I contacted them and, you know, 
and they gave us a whole bunch of, they sponsored us and gave us a whole bunch of uh, free passes to access their music so that we could put all the cinematic music on and, and not be worried about, you know, anyone doing anything copyright and it was it was a really good fun thing. So that, that was a way that we sort of got involved and stayed, uh, you know, keeping the acting chops up and, and doing those things. But I'm always sort of shooting, you know, stupid little things or funny little things or, or whatever um, all the time. So I, I sort of, that's the other thing that keeps me keeps me involved. We've got a, um, a couple of us over here uh, and we're, we're actually working on a, a thing called Destiny's Date, which we're just about to bring out. And it's, it's literally a series of uh, dating, like as in dating videos that you would put on a website. And and they're just all, they're quite often if you're going to do an audition as like an ex-criminal or it might be, you know, it could be ex-criminal or it could be a, a tree lopper, you know, could, whatever it is, fireman, whatever, that you, you have these characters and then you go, oh, what would happen if this person was doing a dating video? And then you just, we just ad-lib a dating video. So we're compiling a bunch of, of those at the moment, which we're going to get up online soon. And, uh, and put out as, as a bit of fun. So, yeah, we're always doing stupid, mad stuff with that's, the cameras. That sounds like so much fun. Um, we're almost at the end. Do you have uh, that you can talk about? Anything that's coming up that you want to let people know about? Uh, it's Well, look, Wob Boys comes out um, in September this year, and the, the other... I'm off over to Perth to, to do another film that I can't talk about, and, and then I have... Um, Got some guest appearances coming up on television and ongoing, um, yeah, you know, series regular things uh, coming up as well that I just can't talk about yet. So, but hopefully there, there should be a lot more to come and a lot more seeing my big ugly mug on <laughs> um, on the TV in a continuing fashion, which which will be great. So that's cool. Um, thank you so much for taking the time for coming on my show. I know how busy you are and. I really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. It's always, always great to chat. Sorry if I ramble on too much. <laughs> oh, no, I loved it. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. No worries. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you.